Welcome to the Montague Reporter Podcast. My name is Sarah Brown Anson. I am the host and producer of the Montague Reporter Podcast. I am Mike Jackson. I'm the managing editor of the Montague Reporter newspaper, and we are talking to each other online. Yeah, found this cool platform so we can practice social distancing and don't have to sanitize the microphones and return them. So thanks still to GCTV because they're providing a lot of support and, and suggested this method. We're using an app called Zencaster with only one E in it. I think that there's a lot going on in that brand name, but it seems to be working. And we apologize for any audio problems to our listeners. So Mike, let's talk about making the newspaper this week. So a lot, I'm sure our listeners are seeing their lives changed in a lot of ways. Uh, I know I am, and every day seems about like three weeks long. So what was it like in the newsroom this week? It's been an interesting week. Uh, I would say, first of all, put out the March 12th edition, and really during the final day of putting that paper together, it seemed like the world was finally coming to grips with the impact of the coronavirus. So as we were finishing up that edition, you know, it was becoming clearer that that life was about to be changing. And then, you know, when I woke up on on that Thursday, it was was kind of (laughs) felt like a new world. Um, It was a very tricky week to put out the paper. Um, A lot of which was because of receiving so much information about events that had been canceled, many of which weren't even events that I was even aware had been planned. Um, It was a real data smog um, being at a newspaper. And I also, everyone that I was interacting with during the course of the week, you know, everyone's anxieties um, were were really raised. and so I was trying to figure out how to get an issue put together and to the printer on time. Um, that was also, you know, it felt important that it really be a good resource to people in this time. Um, it was it was pretty tricky, but um, I'm proud of the work that the team did. I think it's a great issue. I really actually learned a lot about how towns are addressing the coronavirus pandemic. Do you want to talk about that? Um, what's what's going on in area towns? Well, so over the course of the week, you know, we, we cover a lot of the kind of little public sector news. And um, we cover Montague, which includes Turner's Falls, um, as well as uh, neighboring towns of Gill, Irving, Wendell, and Leverett. And we also unofficially are more and more covering the neighboring city of Greenfield. Hello to our Greenfield listeners. We see you. Um, get in touch, subscribe. And uh, the town governments themselves um, all kind of came to a new understanding of of what it was going to look like to keep people, keep the public health safe. And um, all passed uh, emergency declarations and to different but I think pretty similar um, extents adopted policies of closing town buildings to the public and are 
pretty much all going to be trying to hold uh, meetings where the public, which includes the press, um, is going to be calling in to listen and participate going forward. So a lot of that was happening as the story unfolded. Montague held a special meeting in the afternoon of Sunday, March 15th, uh, where they made the emergency declaration. Our reporter, our town hall reporter, Jeff Singleton, um, was at that session of the Montague Select Board and Board of Health, and then I believe called into their regular meeting on Monday. I covered the Gill Select Board meeting on Monday, and at the beginning of that meeting, they made their emergency announcement. So it was the last time uh, any of us rabble are going to be in Town Hall and Gill. Katie Nolan, I believe in Irving, the select board postponed from their regular Monday meeting, and we didn't get reporting on their meeting this week. Um, in Leverett, Jerry Higgins, who covers the Leverett select board, uh, was asked to call in on Tuesday night. And her article, um, I think, is interesting. She and I kind of talked about how to handle this, um, and we decided that it just is newsworthy that there were technical issues with her accessing that. Um, because, you know, the press needs to be able to hear and the public needs to be able to, to hear what's going on in government meetings. Um, we have this uh, open meeting law in Massachusetts that requires that any of these public bodies um, post in advance what the meeting's about, post the agenda. There's all these rules about it. And um, what's happened um, with the statewide emergency, um, the governor has relaxed those rules a little bit, but you know they still need to be posted and they still need to be available for the public to participate in remotely. So um, it's you know it, no one's fault, <laughs> I'm sure, but um, it, it's pertinent information um, and you know of, of historical interest, I'm sure, in the future that you know it wasn't it didn't go smoothly everywhere. Right. So can you talk about different ways that the community are coming together to help each other? There were quite a few articles about that, like on the front page. Yeah, I really wanted to focus on this. You know, the news of what's going on with the virus and uh, just the general shutdowns, you know, here in town, um, the Gill Montague School District initially called the week off school this week. And then um, the governor put out an order that, that all schools are shut down for three weeks. So um, that right there, just right off the bat, disrupts so many people's lives um, because every, you know, Childcare and also food are are sudden pressing um, needs that, that have changed for a lot of families and households. Um, so you know there there's at the same time um, a lot of response. Uh, people either stepping up to to offer help and support, or um, you know people who are already um, doing that work, uh, adjusting how it's going right now. So a lot of the effort so far is is focusing on on food distribution. Um, we had an article that we were actually already going to be doing um, by coincidence on Meals on Wheels. LifePath had already reached out to us just by coincidence, and uh, Ann Harding had uh, agreed to to go in uh, last Friday for a tour of their kitchen in Irving, and they, um, they canceled it, but uh, the email didn't get through to Ann, um, and she showed up <laughs> um, and still ended up reporting. Um, the story there became more about how Meals, Meals on Meals is adjusting. Um, and they're also calling for more volunteers right now. Um, mm -hmm. We have uh, some information in the paper about how to do that. 
Um, and I think that that's an interesting thing because um, I've heard some talk in the news about um, expanding funding for Meals on Meals um, programming as one of the ways the government might respond. Um, so that was cool. And then Wendell Good Neighbors, which is an existing, you know, pretty big um, food pantry that serves uh, folks in Wendell and New Salem, all went outdoors um, on Sunday for, for their distribution under close watch of, you know, the Board of Health and, you know, wearing a lot of protective gear. Um, that, that picture is the one that ended up kind of above the fold on A1, um, just because it's, you know, uh, people in these kind of white protective coveralls and masks and everything. It's a very, it's a very dramatic issue uh, image. It's intense. Yeah, and I think um, you know most of most of the images um, of of what people's experience are so far with this are completely banal. You know, it's just people sitting far away from each other at tables, um, and then you know a lot of people are are indoors working from home or you know. Uh, so that was a good. A good image to, to put up top for us mm-hmm. but we are you know really trying to highlight um, people's responses and uh, Sarah Robertson wrote a piece uh, about mutual aid networks that are forming with a focus on the Western Mass Community Mutual Aid which has become kind of it looks like it's going to be a, a regional backbone for coordinating a lot of people who are involved in setting up kind of mutual aid structures in their own communities and neighborhoods blocks so that's, that's a, I think, one of the most important stories that is in um, the Montague Reporter uh, this week. And yeah, we have a, another story. Um, Isabel Koyama spoke to some owners of restaurants. Um, but, you know, there's a big, it's a big um, service sector in, in our county. And I know a lot of restaurant workers who are out of work already. And, you know, some restaurants are trying to take out the Five-Eyed Fox here in Turner's Falls. Um, uh, Ashley Arthur, who Isabel spoke with, is letting people know they're giving out lunches for any youth who might want them at noon every day, Monday through Friday, on Third Street. And mm-hmm. once they started doing that, um, I think that there's uh, an effort. You know, people are, are donating to them online. Um, that's actually something that's expanded. Uh, the Gil Montague Schools and the Franklin County Tech School um, have hooked up with the Cosmescus Bus Company to set up all these routes, um, and they're Food service staffs are also distributing bag lunches all through the region. Anyone under 18, uh, 18 and under qualifies. You don't have to go to a particular school, but we put the schedule in, and it's it's you know it's up online. There's a lot of, of pickup spots for those too. So yeah, a lot of a lot of effort to make sure that no one's um, going hungry off the bat, and you know we'll see some of the other needs as as they emerge. Yeah. We also have a piece in um, that Sam Wood wrote in Greenfield. Um, she spoke with the sheriff, and we're recording this on Friday, um, and I don't currently know, but as of Tuesday, uh, people were still being held in there without even having bail hearings um, because the, there's a shutdown of the courts. Uh, we were told that on Wednesday they were trying to figure out how to do hearings telephonically. So as of press time, we hadn't heard back about whether that would have been successful and whether people... Uh, Held, you know, pre-arraignment, um, were were able to to get their due process. But you know, that's something that um, everyone, I think, locally should should be aware of happening and keeping an eye on. We'll be covering that story as as it evolves. Just to clarify, so people who are being held without having their bail hearing 
the bail the bail hearings are canceled for this moment, right? So they're just stuck in Franklin County Jail. At least some people, yeah. Um, last week, the the whole jail went to lockdown. Um, they're not taking visitors um, from the outside, including volunteers for programming. And you know, that's a that was a decision that they made um, about protecting people's health. But you know, there's there's um, folks in there, you know, who aren't able to get visitation um, from their families and friends. Um, they are able to, to make phone calls. But yeah, uh, apparently there were at least some people who were in there and kind of just stuck for longer than, you know, they quote unquote should have been um, without mm-hmm. even having a, a chance to post bail. Hmm. That's definitely concerning. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a you know a lot of different kind of pockets of the population who are already most affected by just the way our political and economic systems uh, work, um, who where that's becoming a lot more acute immediately um, in, in this crisis. So, you know, we want to put an eye to them, and also this is something that that affects you know everyone. So. Different, different kind of levels of, of how this is unfolding, and, and we're hoping to, to you know, continuing to, to cover all of them. You made an announcement on the editorial page in uh, this week's edition that next week is going to be the beginning of digital-only publication, at least for now. How did you make that decision, and what were kind of some of the factors in that decision? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the first thing I want to say about this is I hate it. <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, the Montague Reporter is uh, already such a free case for being, you know, a print-only paper with very little online presence. It works for us and against us in different ways, but, you know, it's a big part of our character. And, you know, it really, I have a little part of me feels like, you know, the captain, you know, of the ship, uh, not doing their due diligence or something to to be suspending print publication when especially I know that you know some of our readers don't have online access at home but uh, it's a decision that Annie Levine our business manager and I um, came to after a lot of deliberation um, over the last week one of our concerns is that you know a lot of our distribution happens through a network of volunteers and quasi-volunteers, some of whom, um, you know, are in demographic sectors of the population that are at higher risk of the coronavirus, and we don't feel it's responsible of us to be putting them in regular circulation where they're coming into contact with people. Mm -hmm. Um, We also don't have a great sense, you know, of, of just even handling the print editions um, and distribution. What precautions should we be asking our drivers to take, things like that. And, you know, I think we want to be careful before we go back to print distribution to, to make sure that we're setting things up responsibly around uh, that. And also, um, you know, there's there's uh, economic consideration here too. We have had so far already several advertisers get in touch with us to let us know that they're suspending their regular ongoing ads um, or to ask about um, deferring payment on open invoices uh, is totally understandable. Um, there is you know, a sharp economic contraction underway. 
part of uh, we basically cost us about nine hundred dollars a week between printing the paper and distributing it and mailing it out so that's uh, basically in one fell swoop um, by going digital only we're cutting about 900 a week on the expense side so that we can make sure that you know if we take a hit on the revenue side we can we can weather the storm mm-hmm. we know that that's like a, a really difficult call for firms to be making right now whether advertisement is something that they can sustain at this moment we totally understand that but you know putting putting it out there that you know this this is a project that is very important right now and we want to be able to sustain it. So anyone who does have uh, additional resources, you know, we we put every dollar to good use. We're going to be digital only for, you know, I'm hoping just a few weeks and uh, back to back to print after that. So do subscribe if you haven't. We also, you know, mugs and T-shirts for sale, <laughs> uh, all, all kinds of things, and and we accept donations. So uh, there's there's the plug. Um, but. Ah. Yeah, I want to suggest that anyone who wants to support um, the newspaper just like give a small monthly donation. There is a option for a monthly um, PayPal donation if you go um, to the donates page on on the website. So that's my suggestion. I don't know if you ever ask for monthly donations, Mike, but I think it's a great thing i hate asking for donations <laughs> um, yeah, yeah but i think and there's also i mean there are so many um you know worthy worthy needs and causes right now in in our communities um so uh mm-hmm. having a newspaper um, helps network those things together uh, you know it's it's infrastructure that that supports other infrastructure um, mm-hmm. um we're not we're not going digital you know, as a, as a permanent thing or as, you know, as an expression of crisis, but just in anticipation of, of needing to, to be cautious um, in multiple regards. So Mike, you have a non sequitur. What is it? I do have a non sequitur this week. Uh, this is actually an exclusive announcement, I think, for Montague Reporter podcast listeners. Uh, you'll be among the first to hear that our April 2nd edition, so not the not the one we're starting work on now, but the one after that, is going to be a special issue with all of the content created by people 18 and under in our communities. Um, there's a lot of people who go to, to school who are uh, home for three weeks uh, and uh, we're tapping into that human potential. We already have a couple people under 18 who are writers and friends of the paper. And Izzy Vakula Curtis, um, former editor of the Turner's Falls Waterfall. And Julian Mayo, former editor of the Gill Elementary Times, are going to be joining us as guest editors for that edition. I'm really excited about that project, and we will be making some announcements next week for that. But just wanted to give our uh, listeners an early heads up that it's underway. If someone under 18 is listening and they would like to become involved, should they email you or call? Yeah, we're going to set up an email address, uh, special edition at montaguereporter.org. Um, if you 
uh, or someone you know is, we'll say, 18 and under and wants to get involved, we're especially going to be looking for um, people who want to try their hand at local news reporting. You know, they might not be able to do a lot of face-to-face stuff, um, and there's not a lot of events happening, but uh, there still is news unfolding in our communities. So people 18 and under who want to want to write and maybe have access to at least a phone line and some email, get in touch, um, special edition at moncurereporter.org. Great. Thank you for listening to the Montague Reporter podcast. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. You can find the newspaper at montaguereporter.org in a digital format. Thank you to Blue Dot Sessions for the music, and thank you, as always, to Greenfield Community Television for technical support. Also, uh, get better soon to Blue Dot Sessions, who I have heard has been self-quarantining here in town. We want to thank uh, Zencaster, the software that we recorded the song, all of our writers and volunteers and readers. Uh, we'll be back with a new episode soon. In the meantime, you can call us at 413-863-8666 to let us know what you think. You can also email us at podcast at Thanks for listening. And everyone out there, uh, stay safe, and we'll all get through this together. <laughs>